Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to yet another delayed episode of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you just stumbled across this, my name is Simon Miller and I do a weekly pro wrestling podcast. Weekly in inverted commas, but hopefully we're going to get back into a groove soon. Uh, if you would like to know why <laughs> the podcast vanished again, this sounds like a massive tease and it is in many ways, I guess. I explained all to patrons at patreon.com forward slash summer316. That's what funds all these podcasts and makes all my own content possible. It's not something I really want to chat about uh, in public, so I'm not going to, because I have that power. I'm in control of my own brain, so you know I, I, I do whatever it wants. Um, but yeah, anyone uh, that said nice things in the Patreon this week, thank you. I appreciate it. And if you would like to support this podcast, or now you're just intrigued, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. On that note, the finally, and again, I apologize for the delay, the uh, extra podcast will be going up over the weekend too, or early next week. So yeah, at least we'll be all caught up to that, like all caught up to date with that. And if you're a fan of the YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com forward slash C forward slash the Miller Report rules, or just search for the Miller Report on YouTube. As you can see, we had a week's worth of content this week, which means we're back, baby, and we're rolling. Quick note on the podcast as well. Uh, I'll probably regret this going forward, but I think it's more important to actually get podcasts up as opposed to try and pick a day that I think is is relevant to pro wrestling. So this is actually going to start going up on Saturdays now. Shifted to Saturdays, hence why it's gone up on Saturday today. I just It just works better with the schedule that I have. And the way I see it anyway, I don't know if, you, if you're like me with podcasts, but I, I store up a lot anyway and just kind of go through them throughout the week. So I don't really care if they're super, super uh, uh, topical. If you do think that sucks, please tweet me at SimonMiller316 because at the end of the day, this is for you guys. It's for the audience. So if you don't necessarily like the idea of a Saturday podcast for whatever reason, because uh, I get it to a certain extent. Obviously, when it goes up on Wednesday, the, the news from Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, which are big wrestling days with WWE, is fresh. So let me know. I, you know. I'll probably see how it goes anyway. But like I say, if enough people get in touch and say, no, I don't agree with that, that's cool. That, that, that's good to know. Uh, so that's YouTube. That's uh, the Patreon. Uh, if you are on iTunes, five stars. Give us a review. Tell your friends. Share on Twitter. Put it on Reddit. Put it on, I don't know, where else do you go? Tumblr. Never been to Tumblr in my life. <laughs> but yeah, put it wherever you can. Tell a friend. And hopefully we can uh, we can blow this thing up. So obviously we're going to have to run down SummerSlam and Raw and SmackDown. Again, so that may feel weird now, right? Because that was days ago. And maybe, maybe we've moved on. Uh, so again, let me know. I thought SummerSlam was one of the weirdest WWE shows in a long time. I think a lot of people have said this, but I do agree. It was almost like the ups. And if you watch my stuff on What Culture, I should, I should always say that as well, I never do. Go to whatculture.com and What Culture Wrestling on, on YouTube and sign up to all of that where you can find loads of my wrestling stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, the ups were really good and the downs were really bad. It was a really strange, a really strange show. Given that WWE are trying to make this WrestleMania 2, and every time I say that, I don't mean the second WrestleMania. Well, I do. I mean that literally as opposed to the WrestleMania 2 that happened in 1986 or whatever it was. I don't think they succeeded here because it just didn't feel like a big enough show. The main event felt like a, a WrestleMania sort of uh, match. But I think a lot 
of the other stuff on here felt filler. And I think a big problem they had was what they had done with the Cruiserweight title and what was what they had done with Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. I never want to see pay-per-view matches on TV the week before. If you think there's a reason to do it a few weeks before and it ties into a stipulation or the storyline, then fine. But, you know, actually giving me Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt and Neville versus Tozawa on Raw six days before SummerSlam, when I saw it again, I was like, well, I've seen this. And then seeing Neville win back the Cruiserweight title just underlined everything that's wrong with 205 Live. I am actually quite pleased they've moved Enzo Amore across to there. Now, I've decided I hate Enzo Amore, which apparently means if I was backstage at WWE, I would be in good company. But you can go back to a What Culture video I did when they were first called up, where I even said, and I got a load of slack for this on Twitter and whatnot, I thought I preferred Big Cass. You know, I actually thought I bought into WWE's idea that Big Cass was the star here and not Enzo. And that's not to say Enzo doesn't have positives. Of course he's done. He's a very good talker, and you know, he does have a certain personality and way about him. I completely understand why people, people warm to him. But I do think it's a good idea he's been moved to 205 Live. I know it, it, some people have said, well, it's terrible because it's going to take the match quality of 205 Live down. But that's not helping. You know, having good matches on A, WWE do restrict it a certain degree. Because, you know, you've got people like... I mean, who was in the main event here? Samoa Joe, he does flippy shit, and he's massive. Roman Reigns does flippy shit. I mean, not Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar, but, you know, both those guys do cruiserweight-esque stuff. So then, that you know, that's why it doesn't really get an over on 205 Live, because one, I imagine they're being told, don't do this, because we don't want to take away from the main event. And two, and if they are, everyone else is doing it anyway, so cruiserweights don't feel special. So I actually think, you know, you've got to get names on there and you've got to make the division feel like there's a reason for watching it. You've got to stack it up. That's why I always said I'd love for to WWE to pay a ridiculous amount of money to Rey Mysterio and, and put him on there. Now, that would never happen because you'd be wasting the star power of Rey Mysterio, you know, if you look at it on the service. But if you go a bit deeper and you put someone like that on there, then people would tune in because it's like, well, I've got to see Rey Mysterio. So obviously I'm not saying Enzo Amore is in that level. But I think actually getting people on there that you already know, they're established on Raw or SmackDown, but you you know they're going to have a prominent spot on there because that's what they need. Like, I love people like Tony Nese, and Grand Metalik is an incredible wrestler and is not being used in any sense, but they're not stars. Whereas there are stars on WWE's roster that you can move across, like Enzo. Neville's proved that he's, you know, he's fantastic on there. I mean, top of my head, I can't think of anymore. But there are people, I mean, that's not true. Callisto. Yeah, people still know who he is. Now, his, his star's not as big as it once was. But why waste these people on TV? I mean, they're not even on TV most of the time. So we'll see what happens. Good match, though. Hate the hot shotting of the Cruiserweight title. You know, as Oscar has proved, you know, having a long title reign is is good and it will help you. On that note as well, I thought NXT TakeOver was awesome. Best show of the weekend by a mile. I really enjoyed Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Roode. Not the best match on the show, but I think I enjoyed it more than most. Oscar versus Ember Mood was excellent. And if you don't know, Oscar is now... She's actually retired the title. Not retired the title. She's um, she's given up the title. And it looks like she's on her main to the uh, way to the main roster. So that's, that was the best thing they could have done. I think that's really smart by WWE. You know, why... No one would have enjoyed seeing her lose. Nobody would have bought it. She was booked too well. And this is really what Goldberg should have been treated like in WCW. But, you know, Triple H has been very smart here. And it'll just mean when she does turn up on the main roster, she'll feel like a massive threat. The woman that can't be beat. But her match was great. 
Gargano was great. I mean, it was all great. There's no, there's no even point in me going through it. The whole card was great. It was, it was an awesome show, best show of the weekend. Um, but I did enjoy just going back to the SummerSlam card. I was, I thought it's rubbish that the Usos and New Day were on the pre-show, just because there is a stigma over the pre-show. But it was great. I tell you, the Usos, man, I, I just think they're so underrated. Even and not as underrated today as they were, because you know they're finally being featured in the way I, I always hoped they would do. But yeah, they're just I, there's something about them. I think they've got personality, charisma. They're funny. They make me laugh, and they're really good in the ring. I'm just yeah, I'm such a fan of, of the Usos, and I, I I'm not a massive fan of you know hot shotting the title back and forth. I think that maybe makes it a tiny bit lackluster. Just not lackluster is the wrong word. It's just I felt it was a bit unnecessary, just because. I mean, why take it off the Usos to begin with, I guess? The New Day the new day are so over, and they sell so much merchandise, I don't think we had to do that. So I thought that was a bit strange. But hey, you know, because the New Day are so over, they can do that. I just thought it affected the titles a little bit. But I mean, Dave Meltzer said this on the Wrestling Observer. One of the best pre-show matches he can remember, probably the best pre-show match I've ever seen. Because usually the pre-show feels like people phoning it in. So that was wonderful. And then we had the Miztourage beating, you know, the Hardys and Jason Jordan. I get this because, I mean, that I don't get I get it and I don't get it. I understand why the Hardys couldn't be on the show. They were booked to face the Revival. The Revival got injured. So, yeah, you still want the Hardys on the SummerSlam card. But why on earth is the, you know, the Intercontinental Championship not being fought over at SummerSlam? I mean, what a way to bury a title. I'm, and the Miz as well. The Miz right now is so good. Like, he came out on Raw, he cut that amazing promo because he was genuinely pissed off because that was the first pre-show match on the on SummerSlam and there'd been a problem with doors. So he basically had a match in front of nobody. He comes across like a proper main event heel. He comes across like a star. He can cut a good promo. I know his matches aren't the best in the ring, but you put him with the right person and he knows what he's doing. He's solid. He's a solid worker. And to not allow him to, to bring more prestige to that IC title is madness, especially if Brock Lesnar's going to hold on to the Universal title and go away again for a while. I have no problem with Brock Lesnar doing that because when he does come back for these mini runs, it feels important. You know, he feels like a big deal. And that's fine, but when he's away, put The Miz in that position. Make the IC title the focus of the show. That would be fine. At least people are still going after a title. And if you can elevate that in the meantime, everybody's going to benefit. And you can still have your, all your main event stuff going on. You can still have Reigns and uh, Strowman and Joe, you know, competing about who's going to fight Brock, whatever. But just make sure you push that IC championship. So that sucked. I understand why the Miz pitched Jason Jordan. Uh, well, apparently those plans may have changed. Apparently the plan is for Jason Jordan to win the IC title. But there may have been a change of, a change of heart with that. I hope so, to be honest. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't like Jason Jordan at all. I don't mean the person. I mean the way he's being used. The storyline of him being Kurt Angle's kid is just too audacious in 2017. I get that we want WWE to be irreverent and soap opera at times. And I do too. I like it when they do that. However, this was too much to take after we know so much about Kurt Angle's personal life. He's throwing stuff up on Instagram, on Twitter, having to... You know, sometimes pretend that that Jason Jordan is his kid, and it's just it's just too silly. And I, 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 this is the creepiest thing I'll ever say, but I'd love to chat to a ten year old about it because sometimes I do think we forget that wrestling is for kids. But even then, I don't think a kid cares that Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's dad. So what I hope happens is keep the IC Championship on the Miz. He's doing much better with it than anybody else is. Start elevating that and turn Jason Jordan heel. 
Put him into a program with Kurt Angle. I'll have to fight for now. You can elongate that out. I may have to wait a few months if you want to see it through to WrestleMania. But Jason Jordan is the happy-go-lucky baby face that's Kurt Angle's kid is not working. Well, not for me anyway. Let me know if you disagree at Simon at 316. Then the show started properly, and we had Cena beating Baron Corbin, which established that they have decided that Baron Corbin isn't worthy of his spot. I still think Baron Corbin has something. If he did get in trouble for all his social media activity, I think that's fair. I mean, fair's not the right word. I don't think things you see on TV should necessarily pertain to what they're doing backstage. Like give them a slap on the wrist. I don't think we need to see that punishment happen in front of the TV. Because if anything, we've now lost our Money in the Bank winner, and that's a shame because we all enjoy having a Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder. Cena beat him clean really quickly, hit him with one AA, and that was it. Cena now goes over to Raw, and Corbin looks like he's going to feud with AJ Styles over the US title. I still think there's something with Corbin. Maybe he just needs to mature a little bit and, and have some time. But I'm not too bummed that he didn't cash in and, and get the title because I don't think he's ready for it. And the rumor is Cena didn't either, hence why all this happened. But we'll see. I mean, it was a nothing match, really. And I think it sucks to have a nothing match to open the show. But nothing will... I, I'm not doing this in order at all. But nothing will be as bad as Rusev losing to Orton in about nine seconds. After an RK out of nowhere. I mean, apparently this was just to kickstart their feud. And Randy Orton had lost four times on pay-per-view. So apparently we now must give him his win back. But why can't they have... I mean, I guess if this... I don't know. I just don't book Rusev in the way I want to see him booked. I say this time and time again and it's boring. But I think Rusev is the most talented person on that roster. Genuinely. But go tweet him now. Go tweet Rusev and, and tell him I said that. You know, he's entertaining. He's funny. You give him bad material. They make it good. He can work. He's got character. There's nothing he can't do, and, and, and to see him being used in this way just baffles me. It doesn't make any sense. I can't understand why people backstage can't see it. And, you know, apparently there's no heat or anything like that. They just thought it was a good way to kick off the feud and make sure Orton got a win after losing so much. But it didn't work for me, especially because that's one of the matches I wanted to see. I mean, the build-up sucked. It was essentially there just for the sake of it being there. But that's not the point. If it's going to be there, and I like Rusev, which I do... I want to see him used in, you know, in, in, in a certain way. And getting jobbed out was not one of them. But let's see what happens. At, is Hell in the Cell? No, we had Hell in the Cell. I, maybe that is the next SmackDown pay-per-view. I get so confused. There's too many. I know we've got No Mercy next month with Raw. And then I don't know what SmackDown's is. I think it's Hell in the Cell. I don't know. Uh, Natalia beat Naomi for the Women's Championship. Just fine. Carmella teased some stuff. It was all right. Uh... Yeah, there's not really much I can say about that. Like, it was, it was decent. It was fine. It was okay. They did what they had to do. I like seeing Natalia with the championship. I think she works hard, and I think she's the best worker in that division. So why not give her the championship, especially as Charlotte's away with all the Ric Flair stuff, which so far seems like he's actually going to pull through, touch wood, which would be wonderful. I don't think anybody wants Ric Flair passing away. That'd be awful. And then we had Cass and the Big Show, and this was just dreadful. I knew this match was going to be bad. I mean, Enzo's in a shark cage, and he's rubbing oil on himself to climb out, and... We're playing this angle where Big Show can't hit a knockout punch properly because he's hurt his hand. And I like that to a certain extent because you want to work the angle in. But it was just a shit match. <laughs> it was just, it was, I would have, you know, this, I would have switched Orton and this match and I would have had Cash just big boot the Big Show in nine seconds of one. I mean, it does suck because on Raw 24 hours later, I think he tore his ACL. I think it's his ACL, which means he's going to be out for about nine months, which I, a lot of people have said, well, he wasn't ready for his push. I don't think that's true. I think Cass was doing very well with what he had. He did need to be moved away from Enzo in the, if you're going in this direction. I don't mean uh, the tag team probably should have stayed together, but that's neither here nor there now. 
and you know, and I think he would have. I think he could have found more of his groove. I think he was doing okay. And if nothing else, even if he wasn't, it sucks for somebody to be out that long. Nobody wants to have to deal with that. So that was rubbish. That made me sad. And yeah, I guess we won't see him till next year. Maybe even Mrs. WrestleMania, which would be rubbish. But at least he won here. I mean, what happens to him when he comes back? I don't know. He's going to lose a lot of momentum. It sucks. Uh, Shield, uh, Ambrose and Rollins beat Sheamus and Cesaro. I th- mm, this was either the second or the third best match of the night, depending on you know the two. Well, the two tag matches in the main event were basically the highlights of this show. Um, I loved it. I think that WWE have done a wonderful job in getting Ambrose and Rollins back together. You know, at one point, a big criticism was, well, it's not the whole Shield. And that was fair. Like, it did feel a bit weird. Why are we only doing two-thirds of the Shield? But they've done this so well, and they've executed it so well, that I can't get mad at it. I can't get mad at it. Like, I've enjoyed it. I wanted to see them win, even though I love Sheamus and Cesaro. They work well together. They have a chemistry. And also, they were kind of stagnating on Raw anyway. In singles matches, they weren't doing much. You know, so we took them away from you know, from Bray Wyatt and The Miz and we put them together and now they feel special again. So I still want this to happen in the long run. <clears throat> Excuse me again. I still want this to happen in the long run. You know, I want Ambrose to turn heel on Rollins just because I think they have such chemistry together. I'd like to see that feud again with the roles reversed. But hold off on it for now. I'd even save that for WrestleMania. Genuinely, let them have a massive run with the tag titles. Really get them over. And then just when you kind of feel like, okay, we've done all we can do here. And that'll take about six months turn Ambrose heel. I think it'd be wonderful. I think it could even turn out to be one of the best stories and, and twists of 2017-18. Um, but we'll see what happens. This was great. Cesaro, well, we all know what happened with the beach ball. There was a beach ball being thrown around. Cesaro got mad and he popped it. The crowd loved it. So the following night, they brought another beach ball and John Cena referenced it. So we basically opened the floodgates for, for beach ball mania and then WWE banned them from SmackDown and probably going forward from all events, which you, you can't... I can't blame them for that. Like, I, I do buy into that argument where, you know, WWE should be putting on a product that catches the fans' attention and makes them, doesn't even, they don't even want to do stuff like that because they're not thinking, but you're always going to get one guy that's there for himself. So it probably makes sense to ban Beach Balls. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt I thought was boring as all hell because <laughs> I just don't like Bray Wyatt. And to be honest, I'm not a massive fan of Finn Balor. There was nothing behind this feud. Um... I, I like the demon character, but I don't necessarily think it brings adds much to a match. He doesn't really wrestle any differently. To me, this just felt thrown together. And then neither on Raw. I think that's right. I don't think we saw either of them Raw. I know we saw Balor versus Jason Jordan. We didn't see Bray Wyatt on Raw. But, I mean, it, it, it didn't feel like a pay-per-view match to me. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you disagree. Maybe that was your favorite match on the show. But to me, it felt like filler. It didn't really have anything special to it. And you could say it was the same for AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. But... I know having Shane McMahon that much focus on the ref was stupid, but as it was for a title, and as SmackDown had done a better job in selling the feud, I did think I thought it was pretty decent. Um, I wouldn't say I enjoyed. Maybe they did too many ref spots, but I did enjoy you know the tease between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. I don't hate the idea of that match. Maybe that makes me a really silly and bad person, but Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, I think because I want Kevin Owens' stock to rise, right? That's what I want. I want Kevin Owens to continue climb up the climb up the ladder. And obviously Shane McMahon is Shane McMahon. He's always going to be in a prominent spot on the card because his dad owes the company. So if you can get in there and have a good match with him, I only think that's going to help your stock and your and your level in the company. And that to me is what I want to happen to Kevin Owens, so I'm all right with it. And this was fine. It looks like they're done. AJ Styles going off with Baron Corbin. AJ Styles retained after, you know, he'd got uh, Kevin Owens got into it with Shane McMahon. But yeah, I thought it was solid. 
I thought it, it was decent. Nothing, nothing offensive here. And then we had Tasha Banks beat Alexa Bliss for the title again. Another decent woman's encounter, but nothing amazing. The finish came out of nowhere for me. There was kind of a couple of teas with the bank statement. Then all of a sudden she got it on a third or a second time and she won. I think we could have built to that better. Maybe it was a time issue. But let's move forward to Jinder Mahal versus Nakamura. Because I think there's more to say here than maybe even all the other matches on the card. I do not mind the fact that Jinder Mahal is WWE champion. I really don't. I've got no issues with it. What I do have a problem with is I don't feel like he's evolving at all anymore. His promos have got better and his entrance is good. And say what you will, the fact that he is shredded helps him look like a credible champion. I'm not saying you have to be shredded, shredded to be a champion, but I'm saying if AJ Styles deserves to be champion because he's so good in the ring, which he does, I don't have a problem with the opposite and saying, well, this guy looks like a champion, so let's see if we can you know, go at it that way as well. You know, that would be like saying, well, AJ Styles can't become champion until he's big and ripped. Now, obviously, being an in-ring worker is more important than that, but there are many attributes that come together to be a good WWE champion, like you know, having a good promo as well. So I've got no problem with it, but he's just not getting any better and his matches aren't good and they all end the same. I'm so bored of seeing the Singh brothers run in and distract the opponent and then Jinder hits his colossal slam, whatever the hell it's called, which is not a good finisher to begin with. It doesn't feel like it's that impactful. I don't mind that Nakamura lost here. I just hate that. I just I would have rather Jinder won clean because I don't think this finish did anybody did anything for anyone. Nakamura's now lost. Jinder Mahal's just won another match the way he always wins another match. I don't I don't know what I take away from this. If anything, they both just feel weaker. And then on SmackDown, we did have Nakamura squashing both the Singh brothers, and then Jinder attacked him. And I couldn't work out whether this feud's continuing or not. I mean, if we have a Hell in a Cell match between Jinder and Nakamura, can Nakamura really lose? So, yeah, I, I mean, to me, it was just a poorly thought-out feud. I don't think anyone's benefiting from this. I don't know whether Jinder Mahal is a good WWE champion or not. I think he tries really hard, and I do think he's got better. But I don't necessarily think this is the right thing to be doing, especially in SummerSlam. Jinder Mahal versus Nakamura wouldn't have been as exciting as a John Cena versus Nakamura or an AJ Styles versus Nakamura. And, you know, the latter two would have had good matches too, and then you get word of mouth, and you get people talking online, and sometimes that can spread and make your product hot. It's not the be-all and end-all, but it is important in 2017. And the, I thought the main event was fantastic. Lesnar retained against Reigns, Joe, and Strowman. Braun Strowman at this moment has got to be the best WWE example of how to get somebody over in years. Unsurprisingly, he's a big dude, <laughs> which proves what Vince McMahon is good at. And I just think we all love him, right? I can't believe there's anyone out there that doesn't like Braun Strowman. If you don't like him, I'd imagine you're just being facetious because he's doing everything right that he needs to do. He's booked simply. He's a big old powerhouse. I just think he's great and he's funny and he's over the top. And sometimes in wrestling, being funny and over the top is everything. You know, it goes back to the argument about having that one big thing. And if you're so silly, you become, but you're also kicking people's ass. That just becomes incredibly entertaining. And that is what Braun Strowman is. He's entertaining. He shouts, he screams, he waves his arms around. I just think he's, I think he's the best thing on the roster up there with Rusev. I look forward to seeing him. I'll be intrigued to see what happens. I mean, you know, on Raw the following night, we had the big confrontation again between Lesnar and Strowman, where once again, Strowman laid him out. So it, it means that we're going into um, uh, the next pay-per-view with Strowman versus Lesnar, which now has become a massive match. And I remember when everyone was talking about that for WrestleMania, there was like doom and gloom. Like, you cannot possibly put that on as a match. 
But now I think we're all ready to see it. And it does feel like a big match. I think it will get some buzz. How you book your way out of it, I don't know. Because I don't think you want Brock Lesnar to lose the Universal title just yet. Because he feels like a renewed character to me. And you certainly don't want to lose Braun Strowman to lose again. You know, he's lost too much. If anything. So I'll be intrigued to see. And also, like, it, it, I don't think this should be... You know, seeds have to be planted so these two can go at it again. So... We'll have to see what happens there. But great main event. So many great spots. The throwing of the chair. The bit with the barricade. Uh, what else did I love on that? Uh, there was the, well, the, you know, Obviously, the bit with the table. We all love that, where Braun Strowman slammed Brock Lesnar through two tables. And then before was said and done, he threw a table on him as well. It was just great. It was a great way to end the show. And it kind of proved that, that, that mantra of, you know, if you do end your show strongly, then, you know, you're, you can actually cover up a lot of the cracks that you may have already put in place before that because people go away happy and feeling like, oh, wow, I've just seen something amazing. So, yeah, I mean, that was awesome. That was a, the perfect main event. Brock Lesnar right now feels as good as he has in years, which I love. I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do at No Mercy. You know, their angle on Raw was good. I imagine Lesnar goes away for a little while now, but that's fine. It just brings his star power back. What else happened on Raw that we should talk about? We had the Hardys versus The Shield. I thought that was a great match. Almost like a dream match in many ways. And I like the fact that The Shield just beat the Hardys. What you do with the Hardys now, I don't know. You can kind of tell they're in limbo because of the revival and because they're waiting uh, for, um, you know, to figure out what's going on with this broken stuff. But that's not Matt and Jeff's fault. You know, it's definitely not Matt and Jeff's fault. So you kind of just have to play that one by ear. Uh, I thought the Drifter versus Truth stuff was a bit strange simply because... I know our truth is kind of seen as a joke these days, but he's still a veteran and he's still a very talented wrestler. He wouldn't have lasted this long if he would if he wasn't. And given that Elias is the upcoming guy, who is getting over? Like all the segments he's doing with his songs, be it at SummerSlam Raw or wherever, he is pissing people off. He is like that old school quintessential heel. I think you could have made something out of this. And obviously you have to heat up truth a little bit. But having Elias beat our truth and he did here in about three minutes or whatever, I just think it would have been more beneficial for him if they could have built it up a little bit. And on the subject of the truth too, where the hell was Goldust's announcement at SummerSlam? Do you remember that? Goldust was going to introduce his protege. Not on SmackDown, uh, not on SummerSlam, not on Raw. Maybe we'll find out next week. He's got to explain that though, which he obviously won't. But that was really weird. That was that was that was really strange. Uh, Nia versus Emma, same thing. I mean, we, we don't have enough women in the division anyway, so let's just job out Emma. That makes no sense to me. But, you know, does it make a massive difference to the show, if we're honest? Not really. I loved all the John Cena-Roman Reigns stuff. I know Cena was coming across as goofy, but he's still a superstar. And they've still, you know, they've treated Roman Reigns as a top guy for so long now. You do see him in the, of that ilk. And now they're teasing Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Even if they do do it at no mercy, that's a match I want to see. Because I'd be intrigued to see who wins, who loses, how it goes down into the promos beforehand. I want to see John Cena versus Roman Reigns. It's like two of the most controversial and crazy characters going at it. And I'm all right with that. It's better than, you know, John Cena versus, I wouldn't say Samoa Joe. I definitely want to see that match too. But, you know, there are other people you could do that wouldn't be as interesting as Roman Reigns. And I thought the Miz held his own, like I say, cut an awesome promo. It was a shame that he took the fall in the main event. It was Cena versus Reigns. Uh, Cena and Reigns versus Miz and Joe. I mean, I'm guessing he was put in there because those four are going to splinter off. But if Cena and Reigns splinter off with each other, does that mean we're getting the Miz versus Joe for the IC Championship? Because that's basically two heels. I don't think you can turn Joe face. I know he can be a face when he's in places like New York. But I think he's just better as a heel. I wouldn't turn him at the moment. So that would be strange. 
It was 205 Live stuff on Raw as well, but let's face it, it was a waste of time. <laughs> Although I am, again, I'm intrigued to see what happens going forward in terms of Enzo. I think that's a smart move. I think WWE have made the right decision. So we'll see what happened. I thought SmackDown was decent as well. You know, you had the final blow-off match between AJ Styles-Owens. Uh, Baron Corbin was the special guest referee. Then he decided to leave, so Shane McMahon took over. At least he got all the big players involved. I think it's drawn a line under that. You'd imagine we spin off into AJ versus Corbin and Owens versus Shane. I'd be all right at Survivor Series if we get Team Owens versus Team Shane. That's all right. That's Even if it's a singles match. I, I, like I say, because he's a, he's a McMahon, I think Kevin Owens can only benefit. Even if you want to argue that, yeah, admittedly a non-wrestler shouldn't be able to hold his own with a wrestler. I get that. I totally understand what you're saying. But, you know, it's better than him being stuck with... I can't think of anyone now. Well, someone's shit. <laughs> and obviously we had the debuts and the re-debuts of Bobby Roode and Shelton Benjamin, which really made SmackDown feel special. Um, you know, Bobby Roode, I've never been the, the biggest Bobby Roode fan, but I think his last 12 months in NXT and his gimmick with the music and the robe and, and all that I think is wonderful or glorious, I should say. You know, I think he's got money written all over him if he's treated and booked right. I think you can easily get him to come across like a star. And that's what WWE he need now. Ugh, he needs now, especially because John Cena has left, and obviously the Baron Corbin experiment is over for now. So hopefully, Brood gets thrown straight into the upper echelon. Hence, why he didn't do the usual NXT thing of having his rematch against the champion. He just lost and went up. So I'm really intrigued to see what they do with him. I keep him as a heel for now, but that may be tough with his presentation. But yeah, awesome to see Bobby Roode. Loved seeing Shelton Benjamin back. Always thought Shelton Benjamin didn't get his due back in the day, and that was mostly. Because he couldn't talk, I guess. I mean, he was all right on the microphone, but it's a different era now. I actually think he'll, I actually think he'll, he'll, he'll do better, and he's still so good. Like if you saw any of his work in Japan, he's not. It's not like he's he's lost a step or anything like that. He's just oh, just just wonderful. I love Shelton Benjamin. It's a bit strange they teamed him with Chad, Chad Gable, simply because I mean I don't want to get into to 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 talks sort of, of of racism here. But, you know, we've moved Jason Jordan away, so let's just replace him with, with Shelton Benjamin. It's a bit strange. However, that is two collegiate wrestlers teaming up together, and SmackDown does need tag teams. So, uh, yeah. I, uh... One. So I think that'll be great, to be honest. I, like I said, I'm a huge Shelton Benjamin fan. So, uh, so yeah, good for him. <laughs> good for him. I think that's everything that's happened. I mean, we should talk about John Jones. I swear there was something else. Oh, we should talk about Oscar as well. That's what we should start with Oscar. So Oscar, I know we talked about her already. Good grief. Looking at my notes here, forgetting what we talked about. So John Jones, if you don't know, has been, uh, he's been suspended for now. Because it certainly does look like he failed a, a drugs test again after his fight with Daniel Cormier at UFC. I think it was 214. Now, that is weird. <laughs> it's, but it's not weird. Here's my take on it. A lot of people were quick to teach. And at, right, at the moment as well, let's say this. We don't know the story. We don't know the story. Now, you know, you've got to be smart with this. Given his track record and given what he's done in the past, absolutely, you're right to err on the side of non-caution and assume that he did Tyrannobol, which is the steroid in question. However, right now we don't know, and we won't know for a few weeks. If it does come out that this was the case, though, I don't think we should burn John Jones at the stake 
I think that we this man needs to go and get help. Now, a lot of people were saying, I put that on my Twitter at Simon316, and a lot of people were saying to me, oh, but Miller, you can't get addicted to steroids. And no, you can't get addicted sort of chemically, but mentally, it's like any drug. And given how skilled John Jones is, and given how talented he is, and given how the amount of chances he's had, and you know the, the struggles he's clearly had up to this point, it would be clear to me, at least, and I could be wrong, that he's, this is a man reaching out for help. Because I can't see how someone with that much talent, where everybody thinks, oh, I'll beat Daniel Cormier, and Daniel Cormier is like, you know, basically undefeated, apart from John Jones, still feels the need to, to, you know, to have a leg up. If he did, it's not a tainted supplement or anything like that. And that, to me, is sad, to be honest. And that, to me, is somebody that needs help as opposed to, 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 to you know, being shouted at. And I know it ruins the sport. I know it's completely unfair on Daniel Cormier. It is. It is it ruins his legacy as much as anything else, or at least puts a big asterisk over it, which is not fair. But it is just a sport at the end of the day. And sport and mental health issues are, you know, night and day in terms of importance. And I would argue that maybe there's something going on in John Jones's head if he did decide to do that. Again, you're one of the world's premier athletes. You have the potential to be as big as Conor McGregor, given you're that skilled, and you have that crossover appeal. And yet you still feel the need to, you know, for lack of a better term, cheat. I'm not going to burn him at the stake. I'm going to wait and see what happens and, and hope it gets, it gets cleared up. If he does get found guilty, that's probably the end of his MMA career. Most people are saying four years, you know, second offense, and the first one was a year. It will suck, though, because, you know, UFC needs stars, and John Jones was a star. And obviously the reason I bring it up here is because it all but kills the Brock Lesnar versus John, uh, John Jones match, which would suck because I was well up for seeing that. I think John Jones would have won. However, you know, it's Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar is, lack of a better term, a beast. So, and I just like seeing Brock Lesnar back in the octagon. I'm that guy, like, I, I wouldn't say I'm a casual fan. I'm somewhere, not a hardcore fan either. Maybe just a touch above a, a casual fan. And I just love seeing Brock Lesnar back there. It's just, I just find it a lot of fun. It's just, it's just cool. And I do think it makes him more legit when he comes back to WWE. So that sucked. And, you know, while we are here as well, and given we're 20, um, or this evening, this evening it's going to be Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. I'd be amiss if I didn't talk about that. The way I see it, I would like Conor McGregor to win simply because that's where the story is, right? If Conor McGregor knocks out the world's best defensive boxer, or arguably the world's best defensive boxer, who is 49-0, then that is an incredible story. I don't care that he's almost 40 or he is 40. You know, I don't care he's come out of retirement for this. That's still an incredible... People will talk about that for years, and it will turn Conor McGregor into this unbelievable superstar, you know, far beyond the realms that he already is. I think he'll get that rub even if he loses. Because again, he's not meant to win. So Conor McGregor is in a wonderful position. If he wins, my gosh, does he win. And if he loses, he still wins. He walks around with a massive paycheck. More people know who he is. I don't think it affects his drawing power in the UFC. If anything, I'd want to see it more, not more, or maybe more. You know, if you get knocked out in a boxing ring, I'd be like, has this affected his MMA career? What's he, who's going to fight now? What does he do? Blah, 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 blah. I just don't think he can lose. And even if he decides to hang up his boots, he's walking away with $100 million. I'm not going to feel sorry for Conor McGregor, in a good way. I think his story has been phenomenal. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think Floyd Mayweather will win. Although I'm not going to lie, about an eighth of my body, sort of my, you know, my bottom left of my stomach, where you get that gut feeling, thinks that maybe McGregor can win. But maybe I just want him to win. It's like that emotional, logical side of your brain. Like Logically, of course, how, of course he can't. You know, if people like Manny Pacquiao and people like that, you know, incredible world-class boxers couldn't knock out or, or couldn't beat Floyd Mayweather, how, how would Conor McGregor do it? But then you never know. 
You never, ever, ever, ever know. And that's the best thing about fights. And that's why I like these freak shows. Because if the freak show pays off and what's not meant to happen happens, then we can talk about that for months. Social media will blow up. Everyone will be excited. So, yeah, we, we, we'll see. But, again, Oscar De La Hoya couldn't be. Imagine Floyd Mayweather beats him. Oh, it'd be wonderful. It would be fantastic. I'm a big fan of this kind of stuff. I'm really, really laid back when it comes to sport. I think that it should be fun and entertainment. And I don't think we – I think it does have to be taken seriously. You don't want to sully these things. But at the same time, I'd rather we did these things than we didn't because it's just fun and it creates uh, yeah, a talking point. And if nothing else, it goes to show how popular social media is. This fight essentially came together because of social media. I can't wait. I'm going to be staying up. I'm going to be watching it. I'll, I'll talk about it next week on the podcast too. Because it's funny, I'll say McGregor will win, but I really don't think that. That's what I want to happen, just because it's a much better story. But you know, if Mayweather is still of the, of the skill level that he used to be, and I don't see why he wouldn't, it's just he's just too good. As a human being, that's a whole other question entirely. As a sportsman, as a boxer, he's really good. Let's not, let's not forget that. I mean, I guess the only way we all lose if it's a really boring fight. But even then, it's the hype you're buying, really. And I think the hype's been a lot of fun, aside from some uh, some poor words on either side. Uh, I did put a tweet out at Simon316. Actually, while we're talking about social media, the Facebook... I have to get this up. I forgot to get this up. Please go to Facebook. Please search for um, uh, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast in the search bit. Join the Facebook group. And now that SummerSlam is over you can join the Simon Miller Pro Wrestling Prediction League. Now, I obviously didn't get to give my predictions before this because of life. Um, but yeah, you can join the Predictions League. Season 2 starts again as of now, so No Mercy will be the first one. Uh, it was Matt Hain. Matt Hain who won. He was the overall winner of Season 1. Matt, if you could get in touch with me, if you could tweet me at Simon316, I have some wonderful CEX vouchers to send you. Uh, so you can go buy yourself a video game or something like that. Uh, but yeah, if you go to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, search for that on Facebook. Look for Mitch Adams. He's the guy that runs it. He bosses it, that guy. Um, and yes, sign up. He does a lot of work as well. There's a lot of people in that league. And obviously, I'll, I will finally get back into a routine with this. I will give my, uh, my predictions too. And then you've got two things going on. You can try and beat everybody else and you can try and beat me. And uh, the, the, I'll, I'll come up with an even bigger prize for, for season two. Too. But well done to Matt Hain. Matt, you've won. Like I say, drop me a tweet. I'll get your address. I'll send you out these CEX vouchers. You can go buy yourself a nerd toy, which everybody loves. But I also did, I thought it'd be nice to do some questions to ease back into things at Simon316. Always keep an eye there when we decide to do this. But my main man, good friend of mine, Adam Pearson, asked, do you think that calling Bobby Roode up against Aiden English was a little bit underwhelming? How would you book his first few months? Chad Gable has replaced Jason Jordan with Selton Benjamin. Will Vince notice? Probably not. We touched on that. I No, no. But look up that story. Was it Michael Tarver? Type in Michael Tarver, Shailton Benjamin. Put that into Google and have yourself a wonderful time. Or a terrible time. I don't mind him going up against Aiden English. It was underwhelming, but I think who else were you going to put him against? Because I think they want him to be a heel. But he's going to get cheered in that environment anyway. So at least Aiden English is a guy you can just beat and you know that you're going to get that response for Rude and then hopefully we can build him into a heel going forward. As for his first few months, I'd throw him right into the main event scene. I don't agree with all this, depending on the person and depending on the age, I don't agree with all this, well, we've got to take our time. Like, I made a video for What Culture called Why WWE is Failing Nakamura, and they were like, well, he's number one contender, blah, blah, blah. Has it helped? Did his match with Jinder Mahal help? Absolutely not. Why can't he be booked like a machine? You know who that worked with? Goldberg. You know who that worked with? Oscar. 
The way I did that's really annoying. You should never ask questions and answer them yourself. You just come across like a prick. However, it always works. It just does. Because it makes that person seem like a badass. So I would put Bobby Roode in any matches against anybody and I'd have him whoop their ass. And I'd have him go on a straight, direct path to the title and I'd give him a title shot and I'd have him win. So when people look back, they're like, flipping it. Bobby Roode just whooped everybody's ass. Because then he's going to feel like a big deal. And then when he loses, the person that beats him is going to feel like a big deal. To me, that is the easiest booking in the world. And if Shinsuke Nakamura had done that and hadn't had lackluster feuds with Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin, which weren't fun, I think you could have done that with him too. Just my two cents. Could be completely wrong. What do I know, right? Anyway, that's what I think. Mark. Oh, it's another mate of mine. <laughs> Everyone, I should really check these questions before I copy and paste. Martin Mather says, Jinder Mahal, best ever champion or greatest ever champion? Well, Martin, you're, you're a big fan. We kind of touched on this. I've got no problem with Jinder being champ. I just don't think he's evolving. Maybe it is his in-ring work that needs to get better. You know, one of the reasons I love SummerSlam is because the Raw main event was so good and the SmackDown main event wasn't. So maybe he needs to focus on that. But at the same time, I always look at resting from a human point of view. Great for Jinder. He had a dream. He busted his ass. And now he's, I, no one can ever take this away from him. And I think that's wonderful. It makes me happy. Uh, Ron said, um, Daniel Bryan is wrestling again outside WWE. Which match do you put him in? Akada, Omega, Osprey. That is a good question. All of them? I mean, you know, you can do a card or Omega in New Japan. You could do Osprey in Ring of Honor, or he could even come over to the UK. To be honest, I, I mean, this this is a, probably an awful answer, but I just I think it would tie into what Cody Rhodes has been saying about Ring of Honor being able to sell ten thousand tickets. I kind of want to see Cody Rhodes versus Daniel Bryan, and see Ring of Honor try and sell an arena that's got ten thousand tickets. That would be great. Will that ever happen? I don't know. The good thing about Daniel Bryan, if he does decide to wrestle again outside WWE, is it will generate major interest. And to me, that's only good for the wrestling business. And the more eyes you can get elsewhere, it would help WWE too. I don't even see it as competition. The more buzz you can get for wrestling, the more people that are eventually going to filter to WWE because it is the best. So anybody really, I'd love to watch Daniel Bryan wrestle again, as long as he's healthy. I think that'd be great. Peter, Peter Howworth. Howworth? Howworth? One or two. Would Giant Haystacks beat Hulk Hogan? Depends on the promotion. If you're in America, w 80s WWF, no way. If you put him in World of Sport at the same time, maybe Giant Haystacks would have gone over. Giant Haystacks, he controlled that. Him and Big Daddy whooped all the ass. Peyton Suter, will Brock hold the belt until Mania? I hope so, because I don't see what you get by taking it off of him. Like, it does seem like they're going back to Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which I hate. I, I, that's not fair. I don't hate. I just It's just not going to do anything for Roman Reigns. That's the problem. I want my WrestleMania main event, and I want my coronation to feel special. And it's not going to do anything for Roman Reigns. He's found his spot. This is his spot. And I think his spot's great. I enjoy it immensely. But having Brock lose the belt after holding it for a year to Roman Reigns is not going to help. But I, I would keep it on until Mania. A year title reign, again, it sucks if it is Reigns, but a year's title reign is only going to serve whoever takes it off of him. And plans can change. Maybe someone gets hot from nowhere, then they can take the belt off Brock and it would send them off to the stratosphere. But I wouldn't take it off him beforehand, no. Unless you've got a gimmick match. Unless you're going to do something with this Strowman-Lesnar uh, program and you can have a big blow-off match at Mania, then yes, maybe take it off them so they can have a fight. So I don't want that for the belt at Mania either, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, Thomas Longstaff, who would you like to see as Bobby Roode's first feud on the main roster? Well, I mean, Jinder Mahal, I guess. It doesn't really work to think they're both going to be heels, but I want him to, to get to the main event scene ASAP. 
because I don't see the point of holding off. He's almost 40, if not 40 already. He's got years of experience. He knows what he's doing. His gimmick is solid. He can talk on the mic. We don't need to build him up. He's built. I understand you need to introduce him to the casual audience. You can do that in a few weeks with random matches, then put him in a big feud with the world champ. I'm sick of all this. Now I'll take your time. Don't take your time. Pull the trigger. Believe in your wrestlers. Uh, this is hilarious now because obviously I asked these questions on Wednesday, but we'll ask it anyway. Chop the Viking. Should Oscar make it to the main roster undefeated? How should she be brought up and who should be the one to finally beat her? Well, she will remain undefeated. She'll be brought up when her injury's over and she just comes up to Raw SmackDown. Who beats her? That's a great question. I don't think I have the answer. Charlotte, maybe? Because I think Charlotte's got the most potential out of everybody on the roster, although she's already over. Bailey, if you can, you know, rehab her. I don't know the answer to that question. Let me know at Simon316. I'll be intrigued. Dan Mellor, what should the WWE do with Luke Harper? Put him back on TV. Luke Harper is one of the best people they don't use, and I do not understand why. A, he looks nuts. B, he knows how to act nuts. Three, he's amazing. I think I just did A, B, three. Either way, he's amazing. Luke Harper is such a good wrestler. I don't get what... I don't get it. I don't get it. I'll never understand why they don't like him. And it's not like this is just on me. Even pro wrestlers that are really good, like Daniel Bryan and Edge and Christian, think Luke Harper's amazing. And their opinion's much more credible than mine. They're wrestlers. So, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't understand why they don't... You know, everyone always told me that Luke Harper was money, and I never really saw him on the independence. And then when he turned up, I was like, shit. Guy is just, he's just awesome. And yet, oh, you know, you can't, I would say he was wasted. I don't think he was wasted in the uh, in the in the um, in the Wyatt family, but he should have evolved from that, and he never did, and I don't understand why. I think he's awesome. I love him, uh, Brian. At because I'm Brian, best seller in the business. My picks would be Eddie Guerrero or HBK. I mean, yes, they'd be up there. Bret Hart was always my favorite because everything that he took, he, you know, he took a punch and he made it like he'd actually been punched. Got thrown into a turnbuckle, made it like he'd actually been thrown into a turnbuckle. Today, I think Akada is the best seller in the biz. Uh, I know that's not that's a that's a really boring opinion, but it's just true. Like I've I've always sort of followed New Japan because I thought it was important, but it's only been this sort of last six to eight months when I started watching it. And yeah, he just makes me believe. But Brett was always my favourite. That's why I loved him as a kid because I totally bought into everything he was doing. And I still think if you go back and watch his matches now, they do come across like legit matches. I throw Brock Lesnar in there as well. When Brock wants to sell for you, my gosh, he's awesome because he's so athletic. He can do stuff that other people can't do. Such a huge fan of Brock Lesnar. I don't care what anyone says. Stephen Holguin, do you think Nia Jax should go the China route and be able to go for men's titles? No, because I think that then sullies the importance of the women's title. If you've got a woman that says she deems the ladies' title to be unimportant, but the bloke's title is, is more important, then you're actively shitting on the women's title. No, I wouldn't do that. I don't see the need. I think it makes much more sense to continue to, to, to big up the, the women's championship and make all the girls say, no, this is the belt that I want. This is the most important belt for me. That makes much more sense to me. So, yeah, that's what I do. I would do that. Uh, Jamie Cormack, if you could swap an independent wrestler with a wrestler in WWE, who would you choose to change places? I actually do have an answer for this. I put Keith Lee in the WWE. Because I think Keith Lee is the most unique guy out there at the moment. And he's so much fun. To see a guy that big flipping and flopping around the place and his kind of quirky, different promo style. I'm a huge fan of Keith Lee. He won me over at the WCPW shows a few weeks ago. He was just great. He was just awesome. And I put Dolph Ziggler out in the world of the independents. 
Because I think Dolph Ziggler still has so much to give and WWE doesn't really allow him to do that. I am quite excited about his new gimmick where it seems like he's going to have all the gimmicks. I actually think I may enjoy that in a very ironic way. But yeah, I'd love to see Dolph Ziggler on the independence just because I think he would... I just think he'd get that buzz back, which I think he's lost. Uh, Chris McCord, what do you think Strowman will be doing come Mania? Is a, such a good question. If he's not going to be involved with Brock Lesnar, which I think would be a huge shame which means Roman and Brock are tied up. <sighs> By then, I imagine we've done Joe versus Strowman. Even then, I'm not massively fussed about that. I don't know the answer to that question. That is a great question. What do you do with Braun Strowman at WrestleMania? Because you want to do something big with him. John Cena? Is that interesting? You know what? If Roman Reigns actually is now going with Brock, we're not doing Cena. Yeah, I'd see that. I'd say Strowman versus Cena. And I think I'd like it if Strowman won. That's what I would do if we're not doing Reigns versus Cena at Mania, which would be my preferential treatment. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, where are we? Adam Sheehy. What was the biggest hit of the SummerSlam weekend for you, Simon? For me, it was anything Strowman touched. Yeah, I think in terms of the SummerSlam card, Strowman was the standout for me. He was amazing. I just I loved everything he did. If we're taking the weekend into account, I thought, again, the NXT show was just great. And they, they do benefit from the fact they only have five matches. Like, where's my list? Because you could do that with SummerSlam. Like, if you take Usos beating the New Day, um, the Shield match and Seamus and Cesaro's, the two tag matches, take AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, I thought that was decent. Jinder versus Nakamura, but make it better. And Lesnar retains the title for those five matches. SummerSlam would have felt a lot better. It just would have done. So NXT benefited from a shorter running time and just, you know, being able to do that. Uh, and obviously SummerSlam went on for about nine hours. <laughs> so that's always going to hamper stuff. Um, but yeah, I think Strowman's a fair shout. And lastly, Rusty Sport Corner, which I'm sure is your real name. Don't all companies steal copy gimmicks, etc., from other wrestling companies? I presume that must be in reference to Broken Matt Hardy or something. And yes, they do. I mean, we always hear this ridiculous thing that wrestling is cyclical, but it is. So, I mean, a Matt, the Broken Matt Hardy character was unique. You know, I'm sure it had influences and, and was based in, in other stuff. And yeah, of course that happens all the time. Like, you, it's, you, it's rare you see something utterly new in pro wrestling. A lot of it has been done before and is callbacks. Um, but at the same time, it all, you know, as wrestling gets bigger and, and the business side continues to grow, it's licensing that's the problem. And trademark and copyright, that's always going to take over and, and steal away. But yeah, we do. I mean, you really, really do see, 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 you know, loads of companies doing that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't think you see many people flipping over others with their penis, like Jerry Ryan. However, yes, that that does happen a lot. So we, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I hope this broken Matt Hardy and and brother Nero situation gets sorted sooner than rather than later, because it's been going on way too long. And again, it's not Matt and Jeff's fault. I mean, what can they, what can they do? They, you know, they're between a rock and a hard place. There's literally nothing they can do. But I would like to see them, um, yeah, just allow, I just think they'll flourish so much better if they get put in that, if they get put in that spot. I just think there's, you know, there's merchandise opportunities. It'd be really fun. I want to see how those characters translate to the WWE mold or whatever. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I think that's everything that's happened in wrestling. Have I missed anything? Loki left GFW over creative differences. I remember that. I'm loading up news sites now to make sure I haven't missed anything. But yeah, I mean, that, I mean, GFW, TNA's all right. It's kind of, Jim Cornette came back. You know, that's interesting to a extent. You can certainly talk, but it doesn't really make me want to, you know, make, make me want to watch. Um, 
GFW. There was a rumor that Lana and Rusev wanted to leave the WWE, but they came out and said it's not true. So I'm going to believe them because it would be ridiculous for them to come out and say it's not true. And then, you know, then they leave. Obviously, we didn't talk about Adam Cole debuting at NXT. Loved that. Big fan of Adam Cole. I think he's awesome. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what happens to him when he gets to the main roster. Doesn't look like your typical, typical WWE guy. However, is insanely talented. So... I'll be intrigued to see what happens with that. There's also a rumor over SummerSlam weekend that uh, The Undertaker was in town. Apparently he was, but everyone thought he was going to enter in the main event. I cannot believe The Undertaker will ever come back. I mean, it, oh, maybe he does. You can never say never in wrestling, but to me, it'd be just a stupid idea. The retirement was perfect. You never get retirements like that in wrestling anymore. Not the best match to win with, but that kind of sums up why he shouldn't come back. But yeah, I think, that's, I think that's it. That's everything that happened in wrestling. Maybe I'm missing something. Ring of Honor had an England show they didn't get to go to. Apparently that was pretty decent. Well, they had loads of England shows apparently and that was really, really good. So, I, I mean, I'll probably miss something. And you're like, Miller, you didn't talk about this, but I will always endeavor to, to, to keep up to date. So again, sorry for the delay. I know it's no good. I know I'm useless. Sometimes life just gets in the way, but we bounce back. We all bounce back. Put a smile back on your face. Start living life again. Again, there's more info, info on the Patreon, patreon.com for summer316. If nothing else, if you could support this podcast and all my other endeavors, it would help me massively. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's difficult in, in the crazy world of, of being a content creator, as they say. So even if everybody could donate a dollar, it would help me so much. It puts food on my plate and I plunge everything. Well, I plunge as much as I can back into the, into the content because I want to try and get it massive. You know, that's the dream. And I'm not getting any younger. YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash the Miller Report rules. Just search for the Miller Report. Go to Facebook. Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Join the Prediction League. Make Mitch's life hell by having too many people in the league. Um, I can't remember the name of the winner now. What an asshole. But you get in touch with me on Twitter so I can get your address and, uh, and get that sent out to you too. I think that's everything. Leave us five stars. Give us a little iTunes review. Uh, I don't need to tell you this because you're already listening, but we are available everywhere. All, you know, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Podcaster, whatever kind of podcasting there are, you'll be able to find Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. So we'll gear up for the week ahead. I actually think the McGregor Mayweather fight's kind of scared everybody off, right? So all we've really got next week is a Raw and a SmackDown. There's nothing else. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with John Jones. We'll see what happens with John Cena. He's back on Raw now. See what he does. Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, all these guys. But thank you for listening. Go out there. Have a lovely day. That's the most important thing. You go out there. You have a wonderful day. And I will chat to you again soon.